0: Welcome to the Magic in Moscato podcast. I'm your host Jess Lynn, a single mama from a small town in upstate New York. I'm a former hustler who was drowning in debt, turned money mindset, manifestation, and business coach. I help burnt out online entrepreneurs step into their full authentic purpose, take massive aligned action, and live their most abundant lives. You might be thinking magic isn't real, and this girl is nuts. Well, my friend, you're 50% right. I'm totally wacky, but magic is 100% real. I've discovered my life's work and passion teaching the law of attraction, quantum physics, and spirituality through years of diving deep into the inner parts of my soul after hitting rock bottom and fighting my way to the top. I'm so excited to share some of this work with you too. So grab a glass and let's cheers to magic. I am so excited to welcome business mystic spiritual coach but first and foremost, my dear friend Cassie onto the podcast. I have come out of like the craziest season of my life that I needed stillness for. And the first person that I thought of reconnecting with and catching up with who I thought would be perfect for another episode of the podcast was Cassie. So Cassie, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be on with us. I would love to let you kick it off with your story and we can go from there.
1: Thank you. Okay. My story, how far back are we going here? I mean, I'll do like a quick recap. Yeah. I love it. Whatever feels good to you. feels good to me and feels good to us. So awesome. Okay. So I'm Cassie. Like she said, I have been an entrepreneur for almost seven years now. Before that I was a speech language pathologist feels like a whole different person. I don't even know who that person is <laughs> anymore, but that's what I used to do as a speech therapist. And so I basically followed the traditional path that we're given in life check off the boxes, go to undergrad, go to grad school, you know, get the husband, all that stuff. And I was about, I don't know, six months into my career as a speech therapist. And I just realized, I just woke up one day and I was like, holy shit, this is it. Like, this is all I'm ever going to do is just be a speech therapist, which no shade. It's an amazing career. It actually is like, it's very rare that a speech therapist stops being an SLP. People just don't leave it because it's such a good career, but I knew it wasn't what my soul wanted to do for forever. So I long story short, I found somebody on Instagram who was a health coach and I thought, Oh my God, that would be so cool. Even though I'm like really out of shape and I actually don't work out and I don't know how to eat healthy and I'm actually not healthy at all. (laughs) but I still thought it would be cool. I liked the idea of it. And I was like, okay, let's do it. So I became a health coach. And when I became a health coach, of course my identity shifted and I started being a health coach. Like I worked out every day. I ate healthy. I changed my life. I lost a bunch of weight and I built that health coaching business for five years and then pivoted to what I do now, which is business coaching. And I call myself a business mystic because I'm very much I do business coaching for women scaling to six figures, but it's all about spirituality and joy and alignment and flow, all the things that matter, you know, and combining that with the masculine strategy. So that is like my story sped up in a very, (laughs) very condensed version of it.
0: I love it. I love it. So for our friends listening, Cassie and I actually became friends through GASP. (laughs) <laughs> network marketing uh so Cassie and I met through our wellness coaching program and just over you know the last well both of us seven going on eight years have just built this really organic friendship I mean we're both Aries so I'm not surprised in this both life.
1: Aries we're both projectors we're both yeah. spitfires yeah, so. I
0: think we're also both, are we Enneagram 3s? Are we both Agram Yes! Agram? Oh my God, sorry, I just got so excited. We are the same person. <laughs> so, you know, it's been one of those things, just kind of, you know, we've continued to like watch each other's stories unfold and unravel and just like cheer each other on from the sidelines and one of the things that i love so much about this work that we do which i know i'm going to have cassie dive into even a little bit more is just how we can make pivots at different times in our business and they can be some of the most uncomfortable shifts and sometimes those shifts can be really really lonely and i remember when i was making the pivot in 2019 from network marketing to launching my own business. And I know Cassie, you were still very much in network marketing at that time and not necessarily pivoting to your own. Um, I know like you were one of the the people, like one of the first people to reach out to me and just be like, oh my gosh, you see what you're doing, like you're amazing. Um, You know, that meant so much to me because it it, it gets to be lonely, especially like in the online space, we start to build these, you know, little cults, if you will, within the industries that we're in. Um, and when you are in, you know, something like network marketing for five plus years, is as amazing as it can be to help us build the foundation of a solid business that we can build and teach us a lot about entrepreneurship, it can be very scary because people stop being your friend, like you the people that you thought were going to cheer you on. Are always there cheering you on. And so um you were someone that always, you know, stood out to me as like being one of my cheerleaders. And that meant so much to me. And then when you started to make that pivot, I remember being like, hell yeah, girl, like I'm so <laughs> here for this. So let's talk a little bit about that pivot and kind of really what made you make that pivot.
1: Yeah. So I love network marketing. I think it's an amazing business model. It is such a blessing, just a wonderful experience overall. And it taught me a lot about entrepreneurship i don't think my new business would have gone very well <laughs> had i not had that foundation but i also think like people in careers they evolve they change they get promoted they shift careers they pivot it's normal and we don't normalize that in network marketing it's not normalized to grow and evolve it's like this is what you do and you're thought that you're you're pretty much expected to just do it forever so it is terrifying when you're like, you know what, my soul is kind of calling me to something else. And that's what happened to me. And I still love my business, my, my network marketing business. I, I, I started this business and I started business coaching really at the top of my game. Like my business was the best it's ever been. My income was amazing. My, I just was doing so good, but I felt this pull in my soul of like, there's more, there's more, there's more. So it wasn't like I was running away from something cause it wasn't working. I was running to something that felt even bigger, but it was terrifying. I remember messaging you crying. Like I'm so scared. I, what are, what are we going to think? Is everything going to fall apart? But you have to answer the call. You just have to, and you have to not beat yourself up about the fact that you're evolving. I heard a quote the other day that said, if you're not contradicting yourself, you're not growing. And I was like, Oh my God, that hits because I used to judge myself, you know, like why I used to look back on stuff that I made in the past or who I used to be and make her wrong. And it's like, no, if you're not contradicting yourself, you're not changing. So it's okay. You're going to contradict yourself. And a lot of what I teach in business coaching now absolutely contradicts the things I taught my first couple of years in network marketing, for sure. Because I'm a completely different person. Couldn't be more different, you know? But I'm grateful for her and I love her. And I think she was crushing it and she was always doing the best that she could. So I don't remember the original question. I'm kind of riffing here, but... <laughs> I'm
0: here for I'm the risk. I'm always here for the risk. <laughs> yeah. And you did answer the question.
1: <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. So it was just, you know, basically just having you answer like what that pivot was like for you. And, you know, you, you basically were like, you know, I remember like messaging you crying and being like, what are people gonna think? And you touched on, you know, you sent so many great nuggets here that I was like, you know, jotting them down. I had chills when you were like, you know, if like, you're not contradicting yourself, you're not growing, which you and I are always in alignment. I literally made a post about this yesterday because all last week, I was having calls with clients that were like, oh my God, I created this program last year and I want to relaunch it, but some of the things that I taught in there, I don't align with anymore. And I'm like, use that content as a launching pad. Use that as a marketing strategy. Like, talk about your growth and how, like, you are calling in people that probably need to hear what you said a year ago and that will align with them, but you can also call in people that need to hear what you're saying now and that will align with them. Like, don't redo your entire program. Like, use it as a launching pad. Use it as a sounding board. Like, we are, if we, again, like what you said, if we are not contradicting ourselves, we are not going, there are things I said last week that I don't align with this week. I'm like, why did I say that last week? Right? You know? Yeah. I love that. Like straight chills when you said that. And then you, when you said, you know, you have to answer the calling. And I think what's so beautiful about that is like, you let like in, in you know of course yes we still earn an income we still earn a residual and we are still very grateful for the opportunity that we had in network marketing like i will never ever ever not be grateful for network marketing it is like why we are both here right like just not be Jesslyn without Jesslyn in 2015 who was broke as a joke and like had her upline believe in her enough to to do this right yeah. um but you know our stories are a little bit different in, you know, I left when I was like at my worst. Right. And that's when I wanted to, you know, I hired a mentor and I made my pivot. You left, you know, you left and you were at your best because you're like, okay, like there's this other part of me that's like, I have a calling to go there. And it can be scary because in entrepreneurship, we hear a lot of things like, oh, if you, you know, if you aren't successful enough in this business, like you have to keep putting your eggs only in that basket. But we know from doing this work and the law of attraction, like the more joy that you create in your everyday life, the more you're going to reciprocate that back. And I think it's so powerful. You know, we listen to the the big wigs, like Tony Robbins and Grant Cardone and Ed Milette, and um, you know, Amanda, you know, look at Amanda Francis, like how she's growing and, and Melanie and Laren, like they're all branching off into other facets of different industries. That are making them revenue that are bringing them income it's that seven streams of income mentality it's that entrepreneurial mindset and i love that you were like i'm at the top here and i'm going to get to the top there and there and there and there and there like i love that
1: yeah yeah and i our soul is here to expand and when you're not answering the call you're going to crush your soul you know it's just and i definitely Procrastinated answering. It was probably six months or I, actually, probably a full year where I was like, I know there's something, but I just don't know what it is. And I don't even know how to get started. But, and I had this fear of like, but I've already built this up so much. Like, look how hard I've worked to get what I've created. I can't just let it all go. Like, you can't tell me that I'm just going to let this go. And I didn't all at once but slowly, but surely I built something new. And I just work from the belief now that my time is never wasted and I can never lose anything I've already gained. I just can't because at a vibrational level, I literally can't like I've expanded my frequency and my vibration and my identity to that level. You can't contract back to a different older identity. So it's like, I can't lose anything. I can't waste my time. There's something so much bigger, but we can't get to what is it, second base? If we won't take our home our foot off first. So that's what I kept telling myself was like, Cassie, don't be a little bitch. Take your foot off first base. You gotta get to second
0: base. Yes. <laughs> it
1: and- was scary. It was literally probably the scariest thing I've ever done. I really think that is. And I had my son without an epidural. So I can say that it was scarier
0: than that. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna touch on that too. Uh but I, every time now, every time I get a message from you me now, Cassie, or like we're having a conversation, I'm going to be like, don't be a little bitch, Cassie. Like I'm going like to use that now. I'm going to use you on you. Cause I love, I love that. Um, speaking of having a baby with hypnotherapy, no epidural, you made the pivot and basically like made the bang with your new business, like being a new mom, a new mom to your second little one. So like what, what has it been like being a mom to two? Like oh, it's just like it's like you like literally look like ugh, like you did not just give birth this year. Well, it's been
1: eight, it's eight months. Years. It's been but eight it's
0: years. So within the calendar year, like you literally yeah. do look like it's so that's phenomenal. Um, but I know that you said, you know, having you know, when you had Jax, it was very different than like having Hudson. Like, what was that like? What was that shift like? You know, what was explain to our people, like what was the difference between your first birth? your second birth. And then I know that like you, you mentioned to me once in a voice note, uh, here I am riffing, you know, you were like, you know, I really just feel like I never took the time that I wanted to take when Jax was born for myself. I felt like I just had to get right back on working my business. Um, you know, what was that like, you know, bringing a second child into the world. So let's talk motherhood and business, new business. Um, and I'm definitely wanting to talk a little bit about that hypnotherapy that you did with your delivery. Cause I think that's Fun yeah. to hear about if you're comfortable sharing that with Yeah.
1: You. Oh my God, please. I'm like the least couth person. I have okay. no filter. I will say, so I pivoted and started this. I really went all in with my my business coaching I do now in January of this year. So it really hasn't been that long. No. And yeah, I did that while I was expecting and I gave birth in February of this year. So pivoting when you're like about to have birth with a second child is a ballsy move, but like, I just don't believe that there's ever going to be a perfect time. So I wasn't going to tell myself the story of, Oh, I'll start this business when I have another, you know, when after my kid comes or when things are settled down, like, fuck that. I got shit to do and people to help. I'm doing it now. So I did. And the difference is with my first son, I was very, very, very much building that business from trauma drive. Have you ever heard of trauma drive?
0: Um, um uh, I'm going gone ahead and said, it's probably very similar to like, you're afraid of losing it all. So it's like a trauma response and it's like hustle mentality. Is that like, Oh, basically? Yeah,
1: yeah. So I worked seven days a week. I worked, if I wasn't working, I was guilty, feeling guilty and thinking about how I should be working. Everything was built off my traumas. Everything, every aspect of that business was built off of my wounds until things started going better. And I got a coach, but that's a different story. I got a coach, I got a mentor, I got help. And that's when my business actually started taking off better. So up until that point, hustle, the day I gave birth to my son, I worked. The day after I gave birth to my son, I worked. I never stopped working. And I never really recovered from that. my first son. I had really severe postpartum anxiety. So it was so bad that I had to go live with my mom because my husband traveled for work full time. So it was just me at home with my son, and I was afraid to be alone. So I lived with my mom and it was just, I had to hit like that rock bottom. You know, they, they say never rob somebody of their rock bottom. That rock bottom was such a blessing because it was like, Holy shit, Cassie, you cannot keep building your business this way. It is killing you. Like you're so unhealthy and so unhappy and so exhausted. And from there, that's when I, like I said, I hired my first coach and I found somebody To mentor me, and I worked with him for two years because he was the first person to tell me to care about myself more than my business. And I was like, wait, what? I'm supposed to care about me? And that was like everything we worked on in two years. He's like, yes, you have to care about you more than your business. And that was like a new idea to me. I don't know why, because everything was built on the trauma of I'm not good enough. I have to hustle for money, I have to hustle for respect, I have to hustle for worthiness. And because I felt so unworthy, I couldn't escape that trap. No matter what I achieved, no matter how many people I helped, no matter how much money I made, it was never enough because I was never enough for me, you know? So once I did that healing work, then with this business had my second son, I did it naturally this time because I had an allergic reaction to the epidural the first time. So I used hypnobirthing, which I highly recommend everybody listening. hypnobirthing's amazing. So I used self-hypnosis to give birth. Um, and that was a lot better because I obviously didn't have the trauma drive. I I took time off after I gave birth. I worked because I really really wanted to, not because it was like holy shit if I don't work everything's going to go down and I'm everything's going to go into a dumpster fire, you know. So, yeah, it was just a really smooth transition. It was beautiful and I I loved it.
0: I love that. Oh, I'm just like I'm just like cheering for you. Like everything that you're saying I'm like yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes. Now I know that sometimes we make it look really easy. We make it sound effortless as well, right? You know, people from the outside looking in can just, you know, the dialogue of, oh, well, she's just luckier, she's prettier than me, or she's just been in it long enough, or she hasn't struggled. Um, and so I know there's probably people even listening to this where it's like, well, you know, it's just easy, or they got lucky one year. Like, we know that that's not the case, right? And so what is a, a piece of advice, like, something that you could tell someone listening, who's maybe just going through it right now, maybe they're at their rock bottom, or maybe they're Mm -hmm. thinking about making a really scary shift. What is one piece of advice that you could lend them based off of like what you've learned through your struggle?
1: That's a good question. I don't ask for, you know, things to be easier. I ask for me to be able to handle what comes And I think the thing that does make it easier now or seem easier or feel easier is I'm not a fucking asshole to myself 24 seven. Like, if you want to know the secret sauce of business, stop being a dick to yourself. (laughs) You know, this is how I talk. Welcome to my world. But like, that's the biggest shift I had to make was I treat myself now like I'm a queen. Like I am worthy of my own love. I am worthy of respect. I am worthy of time off. I am worthy of anything I want. And I'm worthy of support. I have a nanny, I have an OBM who handles my business with me. I have a house cleaner. I will do whatever to be supportive because I deserve that. And I'm, I care more about how I feel than any external result ever. Like period, you know, like, I don't care. You could say, Hey, you can have a seven figure business right now, but you're always going to feel just a little tired. You're always going to feel exhausted and a little off. Fuck that. I'm not available for that. I care about how I feel, period. So that means I don't do things that are soul crushing. I don't do things that are going to fuck up my nervous system, Mm -hmm. you know? And that's the difference. Business does feel easy when you give a shit about yourself. (laughs) you know. So really, it was like healing the relationship with me was most of the work that I've been doing Mm -hmm. because everything reflects the relationship we have with us.
0: So 110%. And I love that. And, you know, how we feel about ourselves, how we show up for ourselves, the inner dialogue we have within ourselves is so important. And I know that as I've started to come back out in the online space again after, gosh, Taking, I started to take a break in like what, like probably beginning of July, Um, planned on coming back much sooner, but then, you know, had a few family members and loved ones pass and, you know, crazy nervous system regulation shit had to happen. Um, But I remember in August when I was in Florida, Um, I like to do, and this I feel like will resonate with you, um, is I like to do a quantum leaping exercise where, you know, once a week when I am getting out of like, I'll take a bubble bath with some Epsom salts. I'll like scrub my whole body down the whole shebang hair washing day. You know, I think you and I are both on day three hair today. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. Shout out to dry shampoo and day three hair. Um, But I will basically like step out of the bathtub after like scrubbing off like the old version of me and like stepping into the new version of me. And when I was in Florida, in August, I my grandmother offered to watch Reagan for me for the day and I went to the beach. And I brought my my books with me, I brought my journaling with me, of course I brought a cold beverage with me to sip on, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to go in the ocean, I'm going to swim, because I haven't swam in the ocean by myself in a long time, and I'm going to like just rinse all of like the the old me away and I'm going to stop into the new me. And so I just remember like sitting in the ocean and like looking around and like there were people that were like laughing and you know, parents with their kids, people with their friends. And I remember just asking God to like show, I was like, God, I want you to give me a sign. And I want to know the sign when I'm in the moment and that when it happens, I'll have this moment of like, this is what I asked for. And this is your reminder that I asked for, right? And I'm like, and so if I'm meant to have that moment of reassurance, I want to see a rhinoceros, right? And like, rhinoceros was just like, you know, random in whatever at that time for me. And after the beach, I went to a little beachside bar, made a couple of friends. After the beachside bar, I went to my mom's house, picked up my sister, we went to dinner together, and then we went out for a couple hours after. And I remember, you know, we do the set it and forget it thing, but we get in our own way when it comes to the mindset work, right? It's like, you know, we ask for a sign or a symbol or whatever. We're supposed to like set it and then like not hyper fixate on it. But what do we do? We hyper fixate on it, right? So it's like, here I'm looking for a rhinoceros, looking for a rhinoceros. I get to my mom's house at the end of the night. And my mom does this thing. My mom has like amazing, like natural, not long nails. I always ask her to scratch my back. So I'm like, mom, will you scratch my back for me? So like I got in my pajamas, I'm standing in the kitchen and she, you know, I'm pulling my hair back and she's scratching my back and she's just taught, you know, me and my sister and my mom, were just talking about our day. And my mom has three dogs. They're all rescues. And one of them is this big, like he's a big pit bull and uh, his name is Blitz. And my mom goes, bliss, Blitz has just been such a rhinoceros today. And I go to spin around to look at my mom because I am like, what did you just say? And as I literally am turning, I look at the clock and it says 11, 11. So wow. literally as it was about to like, you know, it was like almost midnight. I'm like the day's almost done. I gonna hear this word, but I had forgotten about it in that moment. And at 11, 11, I, I hear the word rhinoceros, lo and behold, two months later, I'm in this moment and that was the moment of reassurance is like, I had that moment, that connection happened of like, Jessalyn, remember when two months ago, you thought your life was falling apart and you asked me for that moment of reassurance and that when you were standing in that moment, you would know it, this is that moment. And I had it and it wasn't a measurable moment. It wasn't a measurable moment that I could quantify by the number of, you know, clients that I've brought into my business this year. It wasn't, certainly wasn't by income, you know. Because income was not (laughs) where I wanted it to be this year, but this was the year that I needed to become me and to become the version of me that can start to accept and attract some of the amazing things that are not quantifiable by business measurable standards this year. And I know this is being long and convoluted before I bring it back to you, but you know, I was talking to one of my really good friends. We go on a walk once a week and I was telling her, you know, I was like the the biggest thing that I could say this year for me was actually choosing me, was setting my ego aside and choosing me and not worried about worrying about, you know, what are people going to think if I go back to waitressing once or twice a week, you know, just to like get out of the house and have a little peace of mind. You know, I've had the six figure business. I've done it years in a row, right? There was still a part of me that was missing. And I had to let go of that version of me that was gripping so tightly to the what are people gonna think if I don't make six figures this year? What are people gonna think if I don't do it this year? To actually learn the lessons that I needed to learn to realize, okay, so what? I didn't do that this year.
1: I've yeah. done it in
0: years past and I've helped other people do it this year. Um and the biggest part of that was giving myself grace and not being a dick to myself, not being an asshole to myself. Yeah. For years I've just berated myself and I've been at the top success-wise of the things that I thought I wanted numerically and quantifiably, and it still never felt like enough. And then this year, I finally become that version of me where it's like everything you have in your life is enough. And so that gets to be a launching pad. And so I love that you said that because I think so many people need to hear that. We measure success based on where you're at in business or where you're scaling to, and we forget about how we're actually living fucking life.
1: Yeah. Well, we met, we, we base success on externals and exactly what you just said, things outside of us. And you get to a point where you're like, I've either already done that and I'm still not happy. Or you get to a point where you're like, fuck this, like I'm sacrificing my soul for these things outside of me. Yeah. I care more about who I'm being than anything else. That's that is success to me. Am I showing up as who I want to be today? fucking awesome. I'm a success. I wake up every day being like, Holy shit, I'm so successful. But a lot of people will come to me and say, you're, you're not. And I used to believe them right. Imposter syndrome to the 10th degree. Like the moment somebody was like, yeah, but you don't earn as much as me. Then I would be like, well, I'm not as successful as her. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, I don't do that anymore. It's like, that's totally fine. If you think you're more successful or society may think that is idea of success. I'm cool because that's not my idea right now. I'm I'm a fucking success every day because I'm breathing and I'm doing life the way I want to. And when I shifted my definition of success, it's a really cool feeling to wake up and be so proud of yourself. So proud of yourself. Like every day, like, I'm just so proud of me. Like, oh my God, I'm killing it. You know? And I just, when I tap into that, everything becomes more fun. I
0: love that. I love that. You're such a badass. Like every time I hear you speak, I just have chills and I just love it. I love that I get to be a part of your world, that we get to be a part of each other's world. Like it's amazing, but you're spot on. Like literally wake up every day. Like if you're listening to this, wake up every single day and tell yourself that you're a badass. Like literally wake up every single
1: day and tell yourself that you're su- that you're successful. Like Oh my God. It will change your life. I started doing this exercise because everything we want, we want because of how we think it's going to make us feel. So, just two months ago, I was like writing down all these goals in my business, and I every time I write down a goal, I get clear on why do I want that. Because if it's anything ego driven, not that that's wrong, but if it's because I'm trying to be successful or feel valid or any of that, I realized in that moment I can just give that to myself now. I don't need to go get that goal. And I was writing all my goals, and I realized the feeling I was after over and over and over again was the feeling of being successful, making it, being there, like. Having made it, that's the feeling I was after. And then I was like, if that's the feeling I'm after, I'll just give that to myself. So every morning I started writing down all the ways I'm already successful and all the ways I'm already proud of me and all the ways I've already made it. And then I did this for a couple of weeks. And then I'm like, you get to this point where you literally train your brain to see yourself as successful, as made it, as everything you ever wanted. And you feel proud and you're like, you stop chasing dumb shit (laughs) and you chase what your soul really wants. Because you already feel like you have that thing you are after. Yes. Oh
0: my God. And I don't know
1: if it's because we're both Enneagram threes, but that is some of the deepest shadow work I've ever done in my life. Because as Enneagram threes, if you guys don't know the Enneagram, Enneagram three, we are like our work here as threes is we chase goals. We chase achievements. We chase success. That is our deepest desire is to feel successful. And yeah. when I finally learned that I can feel that at any moment, it was like, I don't know. It was illuminating to my whole life.
0: (laughs) Yeah. There was a time six months ago when I was irritated that I was making 12K months and not consistently making 20K. And now that I've taken the step back in my business, I'm like, I was living a baller ass life. And I was so, I mean, I was grateful for it, but ungrateful for
1: it, you know? Like, and I'm like, we all get like that sometimes. And that's sometimes why the step back is so good because it realigns shit, you know?
0: Dude, if all I ever made for the rest of my life was 12k a month, I'm good. Like, like, why was I stressed? You know, because now you know I'm still comfortable, but it's like, you know, the last few months I've been at like 6.5, 7.5, which is to people listening, this probably like that's freaking amazing. Like you've hardly worked your business. But like, I'm like, yeah, you know, like it when you get used to living into certain means, it feels really like it feels sketchy. So um, but something that I wrote, you know, it was like you said, if you're searching for the for. If you're searching for the feeling of having made it and the only way they'll ever feel like you made it is once you get there, but there's always going to be another there. Oh yeah. It for the rest of your life. For the rest of your life. Like you can have it now. You can have that feeling now. There's always going to be another there. You get to feel the feelings of having made it right now. Like, yeah. mm, oh, I wish I could like bottle that up and just like shake it up like a bottle of champagne and just like spray it all yes. over the world. Like, can we do that? Is there a champagne bottle big enough for that? How do we do that? (laughs) We should invent it.
1: Just sharing the podcast and somebody's going to listen to this and be like, this is what I needed. This is the medicine.
0: Yes. This was the medicine. I love it.
1: Well, I have had so
0: much fun talking with you, having you on the podcast. Obviously, I want you to be able to share this on yours as well but I also want you to be able to share with our people. How can they work with you? Where can they find you?
1: What offers do you have this month? Give us all the goodies. All the things. So I have my main place is Instagram. It's Cassie Biltz. My Facebook group is popping If you want to be in there, DM me. It's very intimate and I love those people. Um, and then my podcast is the Magic in Your Business podcast. So I'm actually going to share this on my podcast too. Um, and I always have lots and lots and lots of different offers. So it kind of depends on when you're listening to this right now, I have a mastermind that's open for enrollments, and I have a bunch of programs coming out from now through January. So kind of just depends on what you want, but my, my area of like, where I love to work with women is combining feminine and masculine. Like I love strategy. I love understanding the black and white of things, analyzing things. I love that, but I also love the magic and the woo. And I think that's, that's like what I love to help people with. So yeah, that's how to reach me. If you want a mix of magic and actual practical things, you know, or we can just go straight magic. I'm fine with that too.
0: (laughs) I love it. Well, of course I will share all of these things in the show notes. I will of course be tagging Cassie and all of the things. So I can't wait for you to be more a part of Cassie's world um, and to get this out for everyone. But Cassie, thank you so much. I love you. You're just everything. And yeah, thank you guys. Thank you.